Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Last week, we talked about good defense and how to withstand against temptation and uh, to stand strong in the face of challenges. And there was this one scripture that we unpacked from John 10.10. 10. It talks about how the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus comes to give you life and life to the full. And so today, we want to focus on life and life to the full. And how many know that when Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full, it's not just eternal life. You know, it's not just talking about life after death. He's talking about life right now. And He wants to give us a good life now, a blessed life now. And He wants to see us, you know, thrive in every part of our lives. So if you're a student here, if you have Jesus in your life, Jesus wants to see you do good in your studies. He wants good results over your life. And all the students say, Amen. God wants to see your bank account have a good balance. And all of you who want a good balance in your bank account say, Amen. Wow, the amen is getting louder. Amen. Praise God. And so this is who God is. He wants us to have good health. He wants us to have a good career. And all of you who are applying for jobs, all the final year students who are nervous about interviews, who want a good job say, Amen. Amen. And so God wants us to have a good career, good health, but good life. And life sometimes, I'm not saying always, but sometimes uh, is not complete without a life partner. I'm only saying sometimes because I'm not saying that you can't be single. There's nothing wrong with being single, okay? I know sometimes singlehood is a scary word, you know? Sometimes go like, oh, pastor, don't use the S word. I don't want to be single. You know, I reject that in Jesus' name. Hey, but there's nothing wrong with being a single person. Jesus was single. So if you're single, you're sharing at least one status with Jesus, you know? You might not be the son of God made in flesh, but at least you can say, I'm single, like how Jesus was single. Whoa. And so today we want to talk about relationships and how we can find, and like today's topic is a good match. And so we want you, you know, because that's what Jesus is about. Church is not just a place where we talk about spiritual things uh, and kind of have our heads stuck up in the sky, but God wants us to, you know, see His blessing overflow into every area of His life, our finances, our health, and including our love life, including our relationships, including one day our marriages. And so we want to talk and unpack about relationships. And so not only is today's title a good match, but something extra today is that I won't be bringing this wisdom and God perspective to you alone. Because sometimes you come and every Sunday you could be thinking, oh man, the fat guy in front, he's just saying all that stuff because he has to. He's the pastor. And so I thought today it'd be really powerful and interesting to also hear from other people. As you can see, we have some chairs at the back. And so I thought it'd be fun to have a mini talk show uh, before later on. Um, again, today's preaching will not just be me. We'll have a mini talk show first, hearing some wisdom from some of the other married couples in church. And then then after that, I'll invite Pastor Cat to come up and together we're going to do a tag team preach to give you some principles on how to identify who is perhaps that right one. Amen. And all of you who want to end up with the right one, say, Amen. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I was nervous a little bit. I was nervous a little bit. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't as loud as finances. You know, I was thinking maybe my church right spiritual, they want to be single for Jesus like Jesus, for Jesus. And today, not only that, if time permits, and I'm looking at time, I hope that we will not 
you know, go over too long. But we will also be doing something interactive. And so for once, at least once in church, I will actually encourage you to use your mobile devices because we want to hear questions from you. And so with the help of technology, there's this website that we've registered uh, called sli.do, Slido or Slido. Uh, and uh, you can head on there. You can do slido.com or just sli.do. That's fine as well. And you'll be immediately, uh, feel free as I'm saying this to, to check it out so you can verify. Um, there will be a landing page that would re require you to enter in an event code. Hashtag 1543. If you key in that, it will bring you to a separate page. And on top of the page, it says that Good Match 2019. In it will already be some questions because we did this in our church in Bristol yesterday. And so they've already had some questions asked and we were able to answer some questions uh, yesterday. And uh, just an interesting thing, uh, this, of course, is a free service that this website provides. And so I've actually requested for the longest duration. And so this uh, hashtag 1543 uh, Slido will be available online. You can access it all the way until this Friday. And what I hope to do is to answer as many questions as we can today in church live. Uh, but what I also want to do is to go back maybe on a Monday uh, to answer in writing some of these questions. Uh, so that just in case you forgot, just in case your friend asks you again, you can go back and refer to it. And we hope to kind of like put that up available. And if you really want to, you can continue to go in and ask questions all the way until Friday. And I'll try my best to check in every day and we'll have a fun kind of like online Q&A. Was it cool to have online Q&A with your pastor? Silence. Anyway, so, wow, wow, I really, yeah, I really feel love right now, church. Anyway, so feel free to ask questions as the service goes on, as some of the things that we shared about is posed, and at the end of service, we will try to answer as many questions as possible without making church run until 2 p.m. But if you feel that, hey, pastor, today we love it, we want to run service until 2 p.m., I, I will do so. Um, but uh, the service, the, 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 the the service provided by that website also allows you to click upvote on questions. And so maybe you're thinking, oh, that, that's a question I'd like to have answered. You can click like and then it will kind of push it up. So we'll know that, oh, that's by popular demand, we will answer that question. So this is kind of like just to make sure that uh, we get at least get to answer some of the questions that mean the most to you guys. Cool. Uh, so I know that's a lot to unpack. So let's get things started. We got four chairs in front and um, church is now so blessed to not just have students, but young adults, not just young adults, but even married couples. Uh, and so I want to invite some of these married couples up. And as I announce their names, I want you to give them a warm, anxious welcome as well. Uh, I think they're probably doing this for the first time, maybe. And so they're a little bit nervous. I want you to encourage them. And so should I announce them by couple or as, as individuals? As couples, okay. Uh, and... <laughs> And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking like, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, cool. So, uh, married couple number one. Put your hands together. Help me to welcome none other than doctors, David and Zing. You can sit anywhere you want. You can sit next to each other. 
they wanted to be cheeky to sit in the middle and separate the next couple. Uh, and um, the next couple, you know, is uh, very sporty, uh, very active, always climbing rocks and stuff like that. Um, so please uh, put your hands together for the very sporty Gareth and Kareem. And I thought that uh, since there are some new people in church as well, this will be a great opportunity to get to know them a little bit better. We've got some mics. Uh, feel free to pass it around. Uh, and uh, so why don't we start with some icebreakers first before we go into some questions. And, uh, you know, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, who you're married to? <laughs> and maybe a little bit, a short story, just a very brief summary of how you guys met. When you guys met. All right, who should we, should we get? Okay, we'll get Gareth and Kareen first. Yeah. Um, hello? <laughs> Can you hear me? Uh, I'm Gareth. Um, this is my wife, if, in case you didn't know. <laughs> uh, we met through SMS. Um, I don't know whether you guys know what SMSs are. are you? <laughs> Last time, every time you send an SMS, it's about five cents. <laughs> so you have to count every single character. So last time, messages were very long. Now it's just okay. But <laughs> so that's how we met. And then um, after SMS, we evolved to email. And then MSN, oh, it's email first, then SMS. Then, then MSN Messenger. Do you guys use MSN Messenger? <laughs> but MSN Messenger is now dead. So sad. <laughs> and then, yeah, if you want to. Hi, my name is Karen. Um, this is my husband, in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, yeah, we, we met through. Um, email and then text messaging and then yeah. Um, little known fact, uh, his mom is actually a school counselor in my school, so it was a little bit awkward when we were like you know in that phase of like liking each other and want, uh, wanting to get to know each other better. And then like a lot of people would tease uh, me because um, I see his mom in school like every day. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. So you guys met in school. E yeah, yeah, in high school. Yeah. So it's a high school romance that led all the way to married life. Yep, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, that, that, I think that deserves applause, isn't it? That's like... I, I just want to clarify that just in case you're thinking what kind of text messaging service did they sign up to? Is it some sort of like singles club? No, I think they... They kind of met in, in kind of like school, school mm. activities and yeah. kind of like uh, somehow the, the first conversation started through a text message. Ah, yep. oh, was it just like a random text message or was it like an intentional text message? Was it like a, oh, this girl's pretty cute, I'm going to try to chat her up or was it just like a, <laughs> hey, um, what's the homework? <laughs> uh, she was a friend of a friend mm. and actually she didn't want to give me my, her phone number. Mm. So I got it from another friend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I again urge you, church, to use uh, wisdom from the Holy Spirit uh, to see which one of these wisdoms to apply or not to apply. So anyway, uh, let's move on to the next couple. Uh, who wants to go first? David, why don't you introduce yourself and who you're married to? Okay. Hi, I'm David, and my lovely wife is Zing. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so um, I won't ever forget the first time I... So oh. <laughs> um, it's, it's in church actually. Oh. Yeah, so a uh, very funny twist of events because uh, we're both doctors and you know in Malaysia we get posted like all around Malaysia, right? 
Yeah, but so somehow um, I was working in her her state where she originated from, and she is working in my hometown. But somehow I I got posted back home. Okay, so on my first weekend back home to Kuching, I uh, just came and just want to join a church service, but uh, you know it's not my usual church anyway. Then Zing was also happening to to be like, what's it? You were visiting the church also as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the first time I saw, saw her and she saw me, but it, there was no spark. Like, uh, I was just really, really quiet. Um, but the next day, when I reported to the hospital, somehow um, I think God placed me in the same department and same cubicle as Zing. So we, we got to know each other from uh, as work colleagues first. And one thing led to another. Lah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anything you want to add? Hi, I'm Zing. So my husband has told you um, how we met. So we met in church, but it's not as typical as you think. It's not his church, nor was it my church. It's just a church that we happen to be going to that weekend. And um, I also won't forget the first time I met him. He wasn't exactly my... <laughs> he was really quiet And you know after a church service just like this People gather around and decide where to go for lunch He was right at the back And he didn't join us for lunch <laughs> but, but, some, but somehow I remember his face Because um, the next day as he said We met in work And I was quite surprised Because I knew that he didn't want to be, work in, to be working in my department He wanted to work in another department and that department was actually very short of doctors. It was much in a much dire condition than mine. But somehow my boss managed to pull him in. So I'm like, that's very strange. So yeah, so, so we, 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 um, we worked together. And um, I guess it's a workplace sort of romance. Not as romantic, probably, <laughs> as high school. <laughs> and the hospital is not a very romantic place. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we got to know each other um, yeah, since then. That's awesome. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> no, I, I actually think workplace romance, that's beautiful as well. You know, it goes to show that, hey, you know, don't have to worry. Sometimes people think that in university or, or in high school, if you don't find someone, you're sentenced to singlehood for the rest of your life. That's not true. You know, God has made the world a very big place. So if you can't get them in high school, God will orchestrate and pull someone from another department to put it in your department. You know, if you just follow after God and... Kind of that that's what's happened. So maybe just a, a, a brief one, uh, Gareth, Kareen, how long have you guys dated and how long are you guys married for now? Um, 12 years dating. 12, dated for 12, 12 years. 12 years and then we've been married for two and a half years. Including marriage, 12, okay, 12 so years. 10 years, <laughs> so more like 10 years dating oh, yeah. because of high school. So 10 years dating all the way until college, university and then two, two and a half years of married life. Yeah, about there. Yeah, I think it was there when we celebrated your anniversary. Cool. Uh, and uh, how about you, Devin Singh? How long do you guys date and how long are you guys married for now? <laughs> uh, the guys usually forget the date, so <laughs> yeah, let Zing answer that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the advice later. I mean, <laughs> 
Um, so I think we've been, we, we, we were going out for about probably a year and a half, and then yeah. um, he proposed, and then we got married about six months later, wow. and we've been married for about, uh, we got married two summers ago, so about one and a half years. Wow. I'm not any better with like exact dates, <laughs> I can't really remember, but, and it's not like very long, but, but it's about um, one and a half years, yeah. so I think we've been basically together for maybe about... Four years? Yeah. 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 That's beautiful, isn't it? So, so I, I'm glad that we're able to give you kind of like a, a, a broad range. So you have a couple that's dated long. You have a couple that's dated relatively shorter, uh, but both happily married. And I believe that there's a lot of wisdom. So you know that it's really not about uh, all these external factors, but it's about something built more internally. And uh, just to redeem all the guys, uh, I've been dating with Pastor Cat for... Uh, we dated for six years, engaged for one year, and then we are married six and a half years. It will be our seventh year come July. Uh, our dating anniversary is the 5th of October, 2005. I proposed to her the Saturday of Easter weekend, 2011. And... Uh, our wedding anniversary is 21st of July 2012. Anyway, so, <coughs> just saying, anyway, anyway, just joking, just joking. Uh, we're just having fun in church. And so, uh, let's go to some questions. You know, that's what you're here for, to draw some wisdom. I know not everyone here uh, is in a relationship. In fact, maybe most of us here are single. And maybe, let's start with that first. If, maybe each of you can go, because I, I, if you feel the need to answer this question as a couple, I'll leave it to you. But feel free to also answer it individually because I know you guys have your own ideas as well. Uh, so what is one advice you give to a single person, uh, a relationship advice that you give to a single person, a person who's single right now? Who wants to start? Maybe start with uh, Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think before you take the first step, make sure you're sure about it. Pray about it. Ask your pastor about it. And uh, or ask, ask somebody that you that you know you you can be accountable to about it first. So let's say let's say you like a person, and then you not you're not sure whether you should pursue or not. It's it's good to get advice from someone that's either in a relationship, or somebody that knows what being in a relationship is about, or somebody that is married, or somebody that that you can trust with the information, because sometimes uh, when you rush into things, uh, it's it's not good for both people. That's good advice, yeah. Feel free to clap if you think that's good for you, yeah? <laughs> it's not take, but let's just, you know, make it feel like, a, like an Oprah or Dr. Phil at least. And uh, 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 maybe, yeah, Kareen. Um, I think uh, maybe coming from my experience, because uh, we went out for quite a, quite a long time, right? So it went through from like high school to college, university and so on. Um, so a big portion of the time when we were together, we were actually doing long distance. Um, but in that sense, for me, what I felt was very helpful during that time was that um, I had time to grow as a person. So, um, and, and whether you're in a relationship or not, it doesn't really define you. If you're in a relationship, good. If you're not in a relationship, it's also a good thing. Um, yeah, so when we were apart, um, I had a lot of time to grow myself. Um, whether, you know, it's in terms of like your values, your motivations, uh, what drives you, what are your goals, um, what, what do you want to achieve, who do you want to become. So a lot of that will help you then, you know, decide later on um, what kind of person you're looking for. What do you look for in, in a future spouse? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So don't despise your singlehood. Enjoy it. No, use the, 
the, the advantage of being single, you know, the time to improve yourself. That's great. Uh, Zing, yeah. let's go in that chronological order. Why not? So I think, um, I think singlehood is a very special time. And uh, once you get married, you don't get to go back to being single again. <laughs> True. I'm still happily married, but I'm just saying that enjoy the season of your uh, life where you're in. Um, I, I think uh, I'd like to share what um, I think is important to look for in a man, because I'm a woman. So um, so I think there are four things that God looks for in a man, and for, that every woman will look for in a man, and it's this. It's maturity, consistency, decisiveness, and strength. Um, and these were the four things that I was looking for. And I think um, what I would say a man would achieve this most if he is having a very good relationship with God. If he loves you, if he loves God more than he loves you. So I think that was what I was looking for uh, in a man. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's from A.R. Bernard. So the four is maturity, consistency, decisiveness, and strength. That's what I was, I mean, that I look for in a man. And obviously my husband has them. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> I, like, I like that. You know, just very, like, this, you can see the, the advice is getting more and more specific. Wow. Uh, uh, David, what advice would you give a single person? Uh, maybe I put it this way. The, your singlehood is the best time also for your marriage. So it's a very important time that you sort of, like, building on Karen's point, where you are... Uh, you are building yourself to be the, the best version of you can be so that, you know, uh, you can be the best partner later on. Yeah? Mm, it's, it's, uh, that's very important because um, later on, when you get married or when you are dating, uh, there are more, more issues or more things that you need to work on. So having the, a good, really good foundation of yourself, like having really good time management, having really good finance management, having uh, good people skills or conflict uh, resolution skills. All these foundations are very important for you to carry on later on into your dating period and also your marriage. Yeah. yeah? Wow. Yeah. Very good. Wow. So, let's maybe give them some, since Zing alluded to some of the things that you look for, so uh, what is some, one thing, I know there are a lot of things uh, to look for in your potential uh, girlfriend, boyfriend. Uh, but maybe we'll start again with Gareth. What is one advice you would give to people who are looking? People who are, what is one thing you should look for? Because there are a lot of things to look for, but what's the important things to look for? Maybe you can give us an example of one. Okay. Um, I think building on Karen's point earlier about defining yourself, it's important to define what your goals are first before going out and um, finding a partner because. Um, Usually, if you don't have any goals, then you will compromise or conform to what your partner's um, goals are. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing. And also, I think one good advice I can give you about finding somebody is um, find somebody that you can look up to. Find somebody that uh, makes you want to become a better person. Find somebody that um, you can be yourself with, because you should not um, change yourself for that person. You should, you should be always yourself with that person. Because like, let's say, uh, after a few years, you realize that you've totally changed yourself, then something, something's wrong. Unless 
you are totally bad to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> that, then that change, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So, that, then that's yeah. good change. Yeah. Um, then, so yeah, I think that's my advice. Okay. Yeah, Karine. Yeah, go on. Um, what, what advice? I think one, one thing that I... Well, I guess the, that was the thing that I was looking for uh, in a person, and I really see that in Gareth, and I really admire. And every time I look at him, um, <laughs> it, it really inspires and motivates me to be one to want to be a better person. Um, uh, just the the one quality that I see in him is um, being really, uh, I guess, like uh, wanting to put others first before himself. Um, being really generous with his time, with his um, effort, with with so one one thing to like see other people, you know, like, okay, you, you eat first, or, you know, you, you settle down first, or let me help you carry your things. It's just really, really small things. Um, so I've seen it, like, he's not done it just with me, but, like, with everybody. So it's, like, really, really consistent, I guess, like, what you said, like, really, really consistent. Um, he shows it when he's with me, he shows it with, when he's with his family, when he's with his friends, um, and, and it's, it's a, a lot of times when I see him do it, then, like, I realise, wow, I actually need to step up. I need to be um, as good as he is at, at at his level, or want to, it encourages me to be to want to be a better person. Um, so that is one of the things that, well, yeah, one thing that I look for. Awesome, that's good advice. Yeah, what Zing, Doctor Zing. Right. So I like asking questions. Um, <laughs> a big part of my job is asking people questions. Um, I don't really like it when people ask me questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but these were the four questions that I asked myself. Um, when I was uh, considering um, the, you know, the big question is, is he the one, right? So to break it down, I think uh, the four, four important questions that I asked was, was similar to what uh, they, uh, Gareth and Karine said is, uh, do I want to be like him? Mm. You know, if over, if, if 20 years from now, I, I become exactly like him, would I be happy with myself? Wow, do I want good. to be like this person? Um, is he someone that I admire? Is he someone that I look up to? Um, the second question is, Will I be happy if he doesn't change ever? Mm. Like, just looking at him now as he is, and, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line, he is still exactly the same in character, in personality. Uh, will I be happy with that? So that's a very important question because sometimes we get into a relationship thinking that this person is going to change. Mm. I can tell you, ladies, <laughs> men do not change. <laughs> They do not change. The hairstyle, dressing, you know. Um, these outer things can change, but I can tell you only God can change a man. That's true. As a woman, yeah. you cannot change a man. So yeah. if you look at him now, he, if he's like this, that's, that's, that's how he's going to be. Unless a miracle happens, wow. right? Okay, the second, then the third question is... Um, do I want to have children with him? I mean, do I, do I see myself um, in a future that we, we could have a family together? Wow. You know? And the last thing is, do I want my children to be like him? Wow. Can you imagine how it would be like if your children are like this guy? So, so, thank, so, so this, is a, this, is not a, this is not a pick one question. It's a all question, yeah, okay? Yeah. I'm doing my exam soon, so I have this. So, so it should, <laughs> it's not any any yes to any, but I, I, I think it has to be yes to all. Wow, very so good. So that, that's my main advice. And, and I have to say that David was a, was a yes. Wow. 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 <laughs> and all of it, all of it. <laughs> it's a good match and a good catch. All right. 
David, anything to weigh in? <laughs> You're just basking in. <laughs> just like, uh, nothing, nothing to add on to that. Yeah. Any advice for people who are looking? What, what should they look for? Uh, I mean, just before that, uh, wow, I, I didn't know Zing thought so many stuff. <laughs> But they're, they're all I, didn't, I didn't tell him I was going to share this until like yeah. five minutes before Aww. we came up, so. Uh, yeah, so all valid points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess just one more to add is, um, I guess uh, it's important to be able to have a friendship. Mm. To start off as friends, friends first and be really like good friends. Because yeah. you know, that will be sort of the, the foundation again. Mm. Um, yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, so this like, um, so what we did together to build our friendship is uh, we have a lot of um, interests in common. Which uh, so for us specifically, we like to go to the gym. I mean, I didn't like to go to the gym that much, but. Um, because Zing introduced it to me, I sort of like start to enjoy it. And how she challenged me is, she one day she just told me like, "Hey, I'm I'm stronger than you, <laughs> <laughs> and I I can carry your body weight in in that lift, you know." Crossfit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's it's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I basically said I could lift you, and he was like, "No, you can't." I was like, "Yes, wow. I can." Wow. <laughs> What, what a pickup line. Eh? <laughs> get it? Pick up? No? <laughs> yes, yes. Those, yeah. The pun enthusiasts. Yes, thank you. Um, that's great. Um, uh, and yeah, and I'm just I'm glad that, uh, you know, even as we're having the couples here, that uh, even as they're telling you about some of the, 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 their decision process, uh, even sense that, you know, they're just kind of like falling even more in love with each other again. And that's just amazing. Um, yeah, and I love the fact, you know, have, I think you alluded to, like, uh, make sure that you got good activities that you do together so they really see, get, get to know the person and see them in action as who they're supposed to be. Maybe just one last question for all of you guys, uh, because we talked about single people, we talked about people who are looking and things you should look for. Let's talk about relationships. You guys are all in one, and what makes, what, what is one thing, uh, what advice you would give uh, in cultivating a strong relationship, a healthy relationship. Now, how do you make relationships last and go the distance? Yeah, uh, yeah we can start again with uh, Gary, Kareen. Kareen, Gary, can answer together or separately? Up to you. Okay, uh, I think the best thing that we learned from premarital counseling is um, never go to be angry. So, um, the, the, the advice that they gave was that every time you have a conflict, solve it before you go to sleep. And uh, I think it's uh, very good, very good advice. And uh, it, it has helped us through many, many petty, petty conflicts. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I need to tell you that when, once you get married, everything becomes a conflict. So, but, 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 <laughs> but if you can solve it, solve it on the day itself, then it doesn't, it doesn't escalate. It doesn't become like something like you look back on and say, oh, 10 months ago, you didn't do this. Yeah. 10 months ago, you didn't do that. Cannot love. Then just stuff like that. I mean, like, so if you don't go to bed angry and then you make a commitment to communicate with each other, so communication is also very key to a good relationship. So if you don't communicate with your partner, then who else will you communicate with? Yeah, that's true. That's good. 
Oh yeah, and also another piece of advice was that your partner is not the problem, but you and your partner should work together to solve the problem. Yep. Wow, very good. Wow. Anything to add, Karine? Or? Uh, so we're spraying to your Because <laughs> we talked about it before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I guess for the, the one advice that I can give is um, to appreciate um, the things that your other half uh, does for you. Um, it can be like big things like, you know, quitting your job and moving to London because I got a job in London. That's a very big thing. You, you should appreciate that and be thankful for that. But also even the small things in life like um, him, you know, bending down, tying the shoelace for me or like uh, packing, packing lunch for me so that I don't have to cook. I can just take and go to work. Uh, so like small, small things, um, yeah, like you, you shouldn't like take it for granted. So yeah. a lot of times when we do things for each other, we notice we're like, you know, th thank you for, for, yeah. For serving, for for serving me, for for fulfilling my my needs. And, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, Zing, David, David Zing. What is one advice? Um, uh, yeah. one of the advice that our um, elderly um, married couple mentors told us was um, to find out what your partner's love language is. So, and to find out what your own love language is, because um, you'd be surprised that what you think makes you feel loved is not what is. So um, I found out that my husband's love language is words. So I used to sh buy a lot of gifts for him and realized that it didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when I give him a card, a handwritten card or like letters, or I send him a, a, um, or, or a verse or um, I say, I say uh, certain things, then that makes him feel very loved. So then I discovered what makes him appreciated. And uh, likewise, my husband also knows what um, I like. I, I like gifts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also like time. I mean, you have a primary love language and there's a secondary love language. So I, I would strongly encourage that um, if you are in a relationship, do find out what your, um, your partner's love language is. And if you know what's your own, let them know. Because maybe they've been getting it wrong all this time and it wasn't their fault because you didn't tell them. Yeah, but I think that was what, what um, helped, yeah, for us. No whispering. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> go for it, David. Just go for it, yeah. What advice, yeah, go for it. Okay, I mean, uh, this is advice that we discuss up, but I mean, um, it's more for... I don't. I guess it applies. Like Zing Zing is some, the one that discovered it, so it's a very interesting concept. Where, um, um, how do I put it? So it's like important for for you to, for a couple, to, to sort of uh, keep the most precious moments or um, most precious ideas. Like when you have a really good news um, at work. For example, or you had a really good idea at work, then um, what what we last time do is uh, we just share it with the person next, like our colleague lah. Share, share, share. Talk, talk to boss, talk to friend, talk to work colleague. Then when you get home already, I have to tell the same story to you again. <laughs> so it's like it's not as exciting anymore. Then it make you feel like, uh, not not so nice ah. So what we do now is. Um, if we have an epiphany or a really good verse that we had from today's devotion, for example, like, 
hey, uh, you know, guess what? This is the verse that God gave me today. Or hey, like, uh, I had this really good uh, experience at work. So it makes it really special, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like giving the best for your partner. Yeah. Wow. That's very good. Yeah. Especially in the culture of, like, you know, social media and oversharing stuff online. Uh, it's so precious to know that sometimes you've got to limit that and uh, share the important things with the important people in your life first and then only the rest will get the scraps. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's give a big hand to uh, our two married couples here, Gary, Kareen, Zing, David. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can leave it there. No worries. Yeah. Uh, if you have questions, even for them, you know, you, you can post it up and uh, we'll see how. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll uh, all you can, the better one is that you can actually go and uh, get it answered uh, straight from them. So after service, you can just go and talk to them. And uh, so, but right now, we just want to take a break from this kind of like talk show uh, style concept. And uh, I want to bring up uh, my wife. So please help me welcome Pastor Katz. And we'll kind of be doing like a little tag team preach because you heard a lot about what was shared here, uh, you know, and the word, at least one word that keeps being repeated is God, 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 and God. You know, you pray to God, you know, uh, you know this person, how he is, uh, only God can change. And it's totally true. You know, we can't change people. Only God can change people. Uh, and we can ask God to change us also. Yeah. Uh, and so you keep hearing this, you know, God factor. And many times, even as Christians, we say things like, oh, I'm praying about it. How many have been there before? I'm praying about it. Uh, whatever decision it is, you know, oh, whether to go for this job or not, I'm praying about it. Whether to do this or not, I'm praying about it. Uh, whether to date this person or not, I'm praying about it. But many times also, if you're really honest, we just say it, but we don't really have a plan. And so it just feels like something that, you know, play, pray about it is just this placebo word that we just put in place to kill time. Uh, but actually, we want to give you some handles. And so today, I want to give you at least, we're going to start at least with three principles on things that you should actually be praying for, for a good match. And so uh, I want us to, if you're taking down notes, uh, write these three points down and then we're going to go into some scripture uh, so that you know that this is not just uh, me and Pastor Cat or even the I know, uh, marriage experience from the couples, but everything that you've heard so far today is actually founded in the Word of God. And you will find uh, it being echoed in everything that you heard before. And so the three points that you should be praying for is faith, vision, and identity. Okay, and I'll elaborate. What does faith mean? And what does vision mean? And what does identity mean? You know, faith is so important. Faith is not just about your belief in God. Faith also represents your values. And so when you enter the relationship with someone, you want to have the same value. You know, the same value in making decisions. The same value in one day potentially raising your kids. You know, and you might be thinking, whoa, pastor, I just came here for some dating advice. What's this about marriage and stuff like that? That's also another value that we hold dear in Christianity, in God and in church is that we don't date for fun. 
You know, we're not here to play Casanova or, 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 or just mess with people's hearts. Uh, when we encourage couples that when they actually think of going out with someone, they need to also have, you know, the, the, the value that, hey, if I'm going to start something, uh, I, I want this to end in the best way possible. And which is not heartache, not heartbreak, not breaking up five years after you realize that the person is not really who he or she says they are, but in marriage. And to do that, you got to start thinking and start praying and start discovering about faith. Let's turn to some scripture today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, faith. There are a lot of things to talk about faith, but let's start with this first. It says here, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? And a lot of times, growing up in church or coming to church long enough, you hear this scripture or this phrase, don't be unequally yoked, don't be unequally yoked. What does it mean? That means that don't be partnered with someone who don't share the same faith and value as you. And sometimes we'll get into argument about, oh, maybe that's not what really Paul is talking about. I want to invite you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Just, you know, a few verses. Two verses before that, Paul gives a context. He says that you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. And so, Paul is trying to say, because sometimes we, when we feel stuck in our faith, it's so easy to blame everyone around us. Yeah. It's my pastor's fault. You know, he doesn't know how to preach. The church worship is not rocking this and that. But what Paul is saying, no, the problem is not with us. It's not with your leaders. It's not with your church. It's not with your community. What restricts you is what, that, what you have affection for. You know, where your heart is, the Bible says, your treasure will be also. And so, it says here that if your affections are at the wrong place, you will be restricted. Your faith will be restricted. Your destiny could be restricted. Your purpose could be restricted because of your affections. So, going back to verse 14, it says here, do not be unequally yoked. And yoking is not just egg yoke, but it's a farming term. It's about putting two animals together and then they together will pull a plow and it will work the land, toil the land, break the ground. And back then farmers, when they read this, they totally understand. You don't put animals of two different sizes or two different species. You know, a cow and a horse cannot be put together because they have different strengths, they have different pacing. A horse will gallop a certain way, or a cow will walk a certain way. And, and so if they were to be yoked together, the land that would be taught would be windy and the, the whole machinery might even break. Similarly, you could put two same cows together, but one's an ox, but one's a little calf. And one's big size and one is small size. And so the small would, would restrict the bigger one and the bigger one risks trampling into the neighbor. And so it's a recipe for disaster. But, and, but many times we are still not convinced and we think that, nah, it's fine. Look together, it's like a three-legged race, isn't it? You know, and I've seen three-legged races work, you know, between tall people and short people. Really? Really? Like if, if me and Pastor Cap were in a three-legged race... I, we, we, it might work, but that's not the point for my preaching. But it might work, but there is also a high chance that we will stumble and fall because different height, different things. But it's also not as simple as a three-legged race. God gave me this description and I'll describe it to you. It's being unequally yoked. It's not so much of a three-legged race with 
unequal body shapes or sizes. Uh, but can you imagine being in a three-legged race, but your partner, instead of your leg being tied to the person's leg, you're being tied to the person's hand. And then the person's, you know, instead of using the hand to kind of like steady your shoulder, the person's trying to wrap the leg around, or you all, hand is trying to wrap the leg around her waist because the person's standing right side up or upside down, depending on how, which side you look at it. And we might be thinking, uh, that's a strange picture. Do you guys understand? Do I need a description? Can I get a... Maybe, maybe we'll do that for fun. Uh, who's very nimble? Uh, uh, yeah, Sun Tao, you're, you're quite... <laughs> You're quite slim, so easy. Uh, Brian, when you come on up, Brian, uh, and I want you to, Suntao, to the best of your ability, and Joe, since you're sitting in front row, yeah, that, that should teach people to sit in front row. Um, in a good way, in a good way. You get to be, okay, so, uh, uh, Brian, obviously, your, your biggest size, I, I need you to lift, or maybe in this case, I think Joe seems to be the shortest one of the lot. So, <laughs> Joe, do you mind uh, letting Brian help hold you upside down? and try to your best of your ability to stand with your hands, right, in replacement to your feet. And Suntao, I want you to stand next to Joe when he's upside down, uh, as if you're in a three-legged race with him, trying to hold him steady, okay? So just, just, yeah. I know those listening online will be able to go, what is this? But yeah, you can use your imagination, okay? And, and, and if possible, this looks great. I see coins falling down all over the place. Praise you, brother. You're blessed. Um, if possible, could you, this is great, but face the crowd. Yeah, because you're, you're facing me and they can't see it. Yeah, okay, let's do it one more time. Okay, so now, when we think of unequally, sometimes we think, oh, it's like this. We can make it work. You know, we can make it work if we try. But it's not so simple. Uh, it's more similar to this. And let's do it again for the crowd to see. It's, it's your partner, you know, unequally, it's like your partner is walking with their hands and you're walking with your feet and you are trying to do a three-legged race, and now look at this. Do you think this, this is a recipe for disaster? This will not let you win any race. You will not finish. Thank you, guys. Let's give it a big hand. Now, why am I using this illustration? I hope nobody's hurt. <laughs> Joe's playing guitar for the first time in church today. Well done, Joe. And uh, maybe I should have thought twice about, you know, putting pressure on his hands. <laughs> We think that, oh, faith, you know, just different, different levels. No, it's, if, if God has caused you to, to, to have a faith in Him, and we're asked to walk by faith, not by sight, you, you're walking. You know, a person who walks by faith, not by sight, if I ask you to walk into a dark room, you will just walk in, right? But a person who doesn't share your faith in Jesus, for example, you know, why hand, pastor? Why do you use the hand to replace the feet as, because What's a natural response for a person who has not been told anything but except to say, walk into the dark room where you can't see anything? The, the, the proper thing, the logical thing for the person to do is stretch the hand out and feel their way. But that's not walking by faith. That's trying to walk by touch. That's trying to use your logic, your senses to figure the unknown out. But Christians were asked to walk by faith. Now, we don't know what's ahead, but we know Him who holds the future. And so, when you are in an unequally yoked relationship, it's not about a tall person, short person trying to make it work, you know, and you may be thinking, if we get our pacing right, it will, it will happen. It's, it's much tougher than that. 
it's like a person who's walking upside down because, and it's not the person's fault. Many times you read this and you think that, you know, Paul or the Bible is trying to, is so mean towards non-Christians. That's not the case. Paul's just giving a recipe for relationships. You know, if you are affectionate with someone they're not supposed to, who don't share your faith, it's going to mess you up. It's going to destroy you and disrupt you in more ways than one. When we enter a relationship, we only think of the romance and all that, but God sees further and sees faith as an important building block. And not only that, you know, Every relationship, you, can, you, you probably heard it you know, whispered or echoed among the married couples that shared earlier on. And one of the big factors is God. You know, it was God. We met in church. God who brought them together. You know, one of the you know, advices we got was that when we prayed and, and God spoke and, and all these kind of things, you know, one, 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 the pre-marriage uh, counselors in church. And, you, know, you, you see all this God factor come in because really, without God, you can't build anything that is stable. And so this is again reflected in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this about faith. And it says it's about faith for anything. You know, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, verse 6. If you have your Bibles, when you turn there, and let's give XTV some time to, to flash the Scripture up. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And so, you know, don't talk about relationships, even a job, even your studies, if you don't factor in God, if you don't put in faith, you know, by your own strength alone, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So whether it's in your career, there needs to be faith. Your finances, faith. Raising your family, faith. You know, sometimes, you know, going to your, your parents who finance your studies to come over here, they probably needed faith. And so if we put faith in God into all, all these important things, we cannot exclude Him from relationship. Let's go look to my wife to see if she's got anything to add to that. Yeah, just adding on to Pastor Dave, hi. <laughs> just adding on to Pastor Dave's talking about unequally yoked. And sometimes we always just equate it with just uh, Christian, non-Christian, and, and all we think about. But actually, when Paul talks about being unequally yoked, he also talks about being in the same level of faith as well. You know, um, you heard from the married couples, they said that, hey, get with someone that you can look up to. You know, uh, but you need to be able to get, you need to be able to run at the same pace as well. Uh, using back the three-legged race example, if you tie me today with, give me a fast run, Usain Bolt, right? He'll be sprinting right ahead of me and probably drag me along <laughs> and be so angry at me because I'll be so slow, right? And he was, I was, we will end up losing that race or we will not reach that destination as fast as we should. And likewise, even in, when you're talking about searching for someone with the same level of faith, you need to be able to run the race together. You need to be able to do the things of God together. You know, uh, for example, let's say... Um, For example, example, if let's say um, we're married now, Pastor Dave suddenly come and tell me, hey, uh, after London, I feel that we need to go for missions again in... Give me a country I won't go to. Um, Germany. Okay, for example, Germany. I, if I for absolute, say God, I really feel God calling me to that. And if I'm really not at the same level as him or hearing, we're not in the same passion as him, I'll be like, no way, I'm going to Germany. I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm going home. And you see, maybe God has destiny there in store for him. God has plans in store there for him. But we can never fulfill it because one will hold back 
the other. Mm. And that's why, like, why sometimes we think like, oh, it's just a, a faith thing. No, it's about, hey, what is your vision for God in your life? Yeah. You know, uh, really, at the end of the day, is how important is God in your life? You know, because how important is pursuing the things of God in your life? And because a partner, a, um, a husband or wife can either propel you together or it can hold you back. Yeah. It's either one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, faith is so important because faith also comes into play when you're making big decisions as a couple, you know, or even if there's arguments, you know, we, we heard a very good uh, advice there, don't go to bed angry. And sometimes, you know, it's not so easy to just say sorry before bedtime. And that's where you need to go to the referee, the ultimate referee, not your mother-in-law, not your father-in-law, not your friends. That's where a lot of couples get it wrong. They include outside people and that's where friction becomes worse. But you go to God and allow Jesus, the ultimate referee to tell you, look, you're in the wrong, say sorry. Look, you're in the right, but you say it in the wrong way, say sorry. And that's, that's, that's how we're able to keep a relationship going as well. So faith is so important. You know, Pastor Kat alluded to vision. And let's go into our second point, vision. Besides praying for someone of the same faith, of the same level of faith, you know, which can be discovered through prayer, God sometimes can reveal the person's faith level. Sometimes it's also through observation because we heard the couple say earlier, you know, consistency. You know, one thing I always encourage people to see that, hey, during worship, it's okay to look around a little bit, you know, just to see, you know, because sometimes just by worship alone, you, you know where the person's level of faith is. You know, a person who really is heart is sold out for Jesus, you know, you, you can see it in their worship. You can see it in the way they pray. You can see it in the way they live. You know, not just how much Bible scripture they know or how long they've been a Christian. You know, those are the wrong things to look at. But talking about looking at things, vision. It's also very important to enter into relationship with vision. You know, we talk about how faith, faith is looking to God, so to speak. Vision is something more practical. It's looking at that person. Turn to your neighbor and give them a good look. Okay? Okay, now turn back, look at me. Vision. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18, you know, he says here, where there is no revelation, some translation says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint or the people perish. But happy is he who keeps the law. Vision and, and, and us thriving is so important. Vision gives us revelation. Vision gives us understanding. When you are thinking of dating someone, we always say this, we say that go into a relationship with both eyes open. Sometimes we are so desperate to be in a relationship, so desperate to be loved, that we go in with one eye closed, thinking that, like what Zing alluded to, the person will change, only to realize that that person, if God doesn't touch their heart, it's impossible for men or women to change. And so, you, you, just, just to be fair, just to be fair, no, 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 just, it's true. And, and so, we always say, go in both eyes open, what you see is more or less what you get. And, and, and when you get married, then you can close one eye. Because you're married. And, and certain things you only discover in marriage. For example, when Pastor Kat got married to me, on the first night, she discovered this thing about me, that I snore. And there's nothing she can do about it. It would be wrong to divorce someone on grounds of snoring. You know? But, but that's where you go, oh, close one eye, he's snoring, what can you do? Maybe he'll, you know, I'll pray for his healing. Right? Uh, and... and, and and supering, okay. <laughs> I think maybe hopefully getting better. Uh, and, 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 but that's what I mean. We can laugh about it even though there's certain weaknesses uh, because we're, we're married and, and it's not a deal breaker. Have your eyes both open. 
to, to, to identify possible deal breakers. Don't, don't close one eye to deal breakers hoping that that deal breaker will resolve itself. So you got to go in with a vision. Go in with the vision of what we alluded to earlier. Can I see a future with this person? Can I see uh, uh, me, uh, uh, you know, starting a family with this person? Can I see this person as a father? Can I see this person as a mother? You know, can I, you know, can we see ourselves together? You know, what is God's vision for me? You know, if, if, for example, you know, it's important to have vision. I knew when I was a college student or university student that I want to serve God one day, that God will use me in one way or the other to communicate His Word. And that was my vision. And on the surface, it might look like that vision is for preaching, but no, that's a vision for God. As a vision for pleasing God. And so when I got with Pastor Cat, and Pastor Cat, you know, until today, she'll still say that, don't put me out to preach, I don't like to preach. But I always encourage her, no, you got something, you know, God, God can use anyone, it's good for you to stand out here, it's good for them to hear wisdom from you. And, but if you would talk to Pastor Cat, she would say that, no, my vision is for the marketplace. My vision is to be to climb the corporate ladder to be a good lawyer. Sometimes you'll say very, very frankly, I love my job. And people come up to her and go like, can I just ask you one time, like, will you just say it for fun? Or do you really mean it? And the pastor goes, no, I really love my job. I really love doing law. And she really does it. And, and the thing is, but she's not chasing after riches or glory. She's, she's believing that, no, my place, in, as far as the kingdom's concerned, is out in the working world. It's because every company needs a believer. And every organization needs Christians to be there, to shine, not outside, but inside as well. So in a way, both our vision was for God. And that's why when God challenged both of us uh, to leave our portfolios, our jobs, our ministries, and to come here and start from scratch again, knowing no one in the UK except Jesus, we were able to do it because, and not restrict each other, and not destroy each other's potential destiny, uh, but we're able to do it because of vision. A vision towards God. Vision towards glorifying Him in our respective fields. And vision was also... An, Something that we thought through before, and I think especially Pastor Cat, because obviously when I work and serve God in full time, I will, she will end up marrying someone that will bring home less income than her. And, but because she was not led by a vision towards wealth, she was led by a vision towards God, that didn't affect her. So, so she had no issues. Even when friends would occasionally come around and tease her and go like, what are you thinking marrying this poor man? He will not be able to buy you all the branded stuff. Trust me, there are people like that in the world. But she was able to stand firm in the vision that God's given her. No, I, I'm not living for brands. I'm not living for handbags. Uh, you know, I can buy my own handbags. You know, Pastor Cat always say, you know. He's, I don't, you bought I, me some handbags. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, 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 but let it be said on record. <laughs> Cat, who, who bought you some branded stuff that you like? Just say it. Just, 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 just say it for the, Just say it so that we have it on, on, on Spotify. Really said it. <laughs> no, but, but because we're guided by vision, we're able to even, you know, talk about this and it's not an issue that, that messes us up. It's not an issue that we're secretly holding grudges against each other. You know, oh no, the, you're the reason why I can't drive a BMW. That's not the case. And so vision is so important. Yeah. Kat, anything to add? And I think add? also just to add on, it's also important to discover vision for your own self. You know, like what Corinne shared just now, uh, most of you here are still studying. Um, it's important to continue to, I mean, that leads to the next point, but also to know what you want for yourself as well. Mm. You know, what is your dreams? What yeah. is your desires? What is your hopes? And together with the person that you're looking at, 
do your dreams and your hopes actually align together? You know, um, I don't think, I mean, it's different at different stages of life, but don't give up your dreams just because of a relationship. Mm. You know, uh, always be pursuing after that and talk about it and see, do those dreams and do those hopes actually align together? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, it's so important to have a common vision because that's such a practical point. You know, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself with this person? And can that person see yourself? We, we know of a couple, uh, a, a friend of ours that dated for many years. Uh, they were engaged and getting ready to be married, but one month before the wedding, they had to call it off because they couldn't resolve a simple issue with vision. They couldn't see where they would be settling. And so one was so convinced that, you know, I'm working in Singapore. What good is that in Malaysia? Of course, my wife will be following me to resettle in Singapore. And then the wife is saying that, no, I love Malaysia. You know, obviously, eventually, my husband will see that Malaysia has all the best food, the best stuff, and more land, whatnot. So he will move over and we will settle here. So, so one had a vision for Malaysia. One had a vision for Singapore. And, and, and they could date thinking that that issue would resolve itself. But if they only looked at that issue, prayed about that issue, they would have saved themselves so much heartache and also heartbreak. Can you imagine having to call off your own wedding? Of course, there is always a silver lining today. Uh, uh, you know, they're happily married with separate people, uh, but happy. So praise God for yeah. that. Now, just going back to that same example, like Pastor Dave talked about, having a vision. Hey, do you see yourself? What do you see ourselves together? You know, sometimes we think that hey, you both of us, to, uh, you both of us, both people get together with the aim of going somewhere together. But I know of a friend, they have been dating for 10 years, 10 mm. years, since high school, literally. Um, and the girl always said, yeah, we'll get married soon, we'll get married soon. And then one day I found out, hey, actually they broke up. And I asked her, hey, actually, why did you, why, what happened? And she said it was just one conversation. The guy said, no, actually, I don't see myself married to her. 10 years, can you imagine 10 years? And both assume that they had the same thing. Both assumed that they were going somewhere, but they did not talk about it. And the guy said, no, actually, I don't want to get married to you. Can you imagine that? And actually, that's, what, that's why talking about it, going for the same vision is so important because, yeah, that's really just so important as well. Yeah. yeah. So, point number three, identity. Self-worth. That's another thing that's tied with identity, your self-worth. If point number one, faith, is praying about that someone by looking to God, vision, praying about that someone by looking, you know, in your mind's eye into the future, whether you see that person, whether you have common ground, then point number three, identity, is praying for that someone but looking inside, mm -hmm. internally, and asking yourself this very important question, have I found who I really am? Mm -hmm. You know, the couples were sharing me some of the replies that they might uh, uh, use, but I think there was a very cute phrase that they coined that they didn't share. So on their behalf of share, and one of them said, I think it was uh, Zing and David who shared that, uh, uh, one advice I would give to people is, is who are single, you are not half a cookie. And sometimes we think we're half a cookie looking for the other half of the cookie. You know, we're half an Oreo looking for the other half of the Oreo. And somehow, you know, we'll magically connect. But more importantly, you gotta, you got to find your wholeness in God. And you got to find your self-worth and your identity and your confidence by yourself first before you find it in another person. You know, it's not half a person meeting another half a person to make a whole couple. It's a whole person meeting another whole person and they become a whole couple. And so, identity. In Luke chapter 12, verse 6 to 7, Jesus himself was trying to remind us that the source of your self-worth, 
shouldn't come from a man, shouldn't come from a woman, shouldn't come from any other source. It should always come from God. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, two pence, and you get five sparrows? And not one of them is forgotten before God. You know, today we're thinking sparrows, those tiny little brown birds that fly here and there. Who cares about them? Jesus is saying, I care. I care. Not one of them is forgotten before God. You might forget, but I don't forget. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are far more valuable than many sparrows. Thank God many sparrows, not just one, you know. And so God is saying that, no, the things that you think don't matter, I I, I, I think they matter. I look at them. I don't forget them. And if I don't forget the things that you forget, I will never forget you. And so I know you. I know you intimately. I know you so well, the amount of hair on your head. Some of us, you know, we have gray hair. God knows how much gray, how much black, you know. God even knows when you will premature bald and when, you know, all these things. God knows. And He's saying that, look, find yourself worth in me, not in somebody else. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, you know, it's further alluded that you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. I think the most, uh, one of the most attractive things uh, uh, I look for, uh, and I think a lot of people look for, is confidence. Confidence. You wanna, you're attracted to confidence, someone who's confident, and you want to build confidence in God. And I think that, you know, it's such a turn on for, uh, you know, on fire people when they find another person who is confident not in their ability, not in their talents, but they're confident in Christ. And that's something that we need to have. We need to be praying to God, not looking at the other person, but praying to God and asking God to put up a mirror into our soul and go like, God, am I ready? You know, am I still insecure? If I'm still insecure and easily jealous, then, then I'm not ready for a relationship. God, please help me to overcome these areas. You need to find your identity, your true self-worth, your confidence in Jesus and Jesus alone. Kat, you have anything to add? Yeah, I think just finding your own self-worth is also, I think it's a continuous journey. Yeah. Yeah, um, sometimes we... Maybe when we go, maybe now you're seeing a lot of people dating, especially with social media. You see your <laughs> friends, hey, having that boyfriend. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I feel less insecure. I don't feel like I, I, I achieve a milestone, so to say. Mm. But don't let your confidence be defined whether you're dating or not. Yeah. Uh, but let your confidence be defined by God. Yeah. And even if you enter a relationship, and I'm sure all of you will, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> but <laughs> end of the day, in always be a continuous process in finding your own confidence in God. You know, because sometimes, can I say, uh, speaking from my own experience, um, going, being in a relationship, sometimes you can just automatically depend on your boyfriend or your girlfriend. For example, when we were dating, uh, after a while, I just got so dependent on Pastor Dave that I didn't even realize that I forgot to do a lot of things for myself. And I, I start going to him for everything. Uh, I complain at everything. Um, I can't remember what I did. Okay, but yeah. Okay, yeah. For, for the sake of time, let's not... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think after a while, I forgot. I forgot to even go to God because yeah. I had someone in my life and I thought maybe, God, I really didn't need you that much. But you see, the thing is this. After a while, Pastor Dave got very tired of being the rock for me, being his com the confidence for me. And I think we end up in a really bad argument mm. to the point that we nearly broke up. Mm. But thank God for church leaders who sat us down and say, hey, what's, what's your issue? But the thing is this, after I learned that, is that, hey, 
my source of confidence should never be him, but it should be me. Because if two people are together, uh, one cannot always take because the one who's always giving will feel very tired. Yeah. The one who's always giving will feel like, hey, what is it in for me? Mm. You know, and it's almost like a parasite kind of thing. You keep just sucking the life out of someone. Mm. And the thing is this, after what I've learned is this, uh, no, um, I mean, no one's love is perfect, but God's love is perfect. Yeah. You know, only God can fulfill the very need within you. Only God can fulfill the very confidence within you because, can I say this, humans, even uh, his very good husband, but there are times where only God knows what I need. Only yeah. God can fulfill the very inner, th- my most, in my, the things that I need. Only God can fulfill and give me the confidence that I need. Not him, not a man, not a girl, not a relationship, yeah. but only God. And because none of us are perfect, but because only God is perfect. So can I say this? Hey, don't look for that, but look for God first. Yeah. Uh, be yourself. Your, be, find that confidence. Find your value. Find your self-esteem first in God because you know, God is really the, the, the one that makes it all together. Yeah. 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 And so I, I, we just want to give you some helpful pointers because sometimes we can talk about praying about it, praying about it. And what are you praying about? And so you know, I pray that some of these principles, some of these pointers will act as a guide that help you figure out this very important decision. You know, in church, we always say we are pro-relationship. We want to see people. We, we, we want to build a church where people can find their not only future, but their future life partner. You know, we, we want to see that. You know, we want to have weddings in church and, and, and celebrate, you know, the next generation in church. Uh, but that can't happen if we don't make the right decisions when it comes to relationships. I know we're running a little bit short on time and uh, we promise to look into some questions. And so maybe let's flash some questions up. Not sure whether you guys have been asking questions, um, but... Because it will be available all the way until Friday, uh, even if we don't get to go to your questions, I promise that myself or Pastor Ken and I will sit down and we'll do our best to answer them and post the, question, the answers online. Um, but um, let's at least maybe answer, with your permission, maybe the top three and uh, we'll see how things go, uh, if that's okay. So can we flash the questions up? Ooh, wow. There's a lot of well, upvotes. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go for the, the, the most upvoted one. And maybe as we answer some of these questions, you might choose to upvote your questions. Let's turn to the, to the yeah, the most upvoted questions. Okay, 13 votes, 13 votes. Oh, wow. The vo- I just saw one vote just, just, just to be added. Okay, uh, number one. Uh, okay, yeah, I think we're good. In a relationship, where is the limit when showing affection. This is a very good point. And it will tie into how I will end this message so I will answer it the last. Uh, what do I do if I'm already together with an unbeliever? Can I change him? I think we established the fact that only God can change another person. If you're already dating a non-believer, and I think the first thing you've got to do is change yourself. I No... No point looking, because many times when relationship happens, and we know what the Word of God says. And it's also not just an issue of, oh, you know, it's practical. And it has a high chance or higher chance of success if you date with someone who shares the same faith or same level of faith. But it's also an issue of obedience. And so the first issue here is not the other person. You know, so the, the first person that needs to change 
is not the other person. The first person needs to change is you because as a believer, as a believer who knows God, as a believer who's been touched by the love of God, uh, we have made the first misstep. And so we got to change ourselves first. And I can encourage you that two things will happen. First of all, if you change yourself and begin to prioritize God, because I can guarantee that the reason this didn't happen, uh, it did not be unequally, was because you, maybe you didn't prioritize God the way you should have. And so you start prioritizing God. And, you will, and when you start living for God, when you start being more on fire, more revived, uh, you will start seeing that uh, the other person will have a reaction. And the other person will only have two reactions. One reaction is of inspiration. And the person will be like, oh, wow. I never saw this side of you. I didn't know God meant so much to you. I never saw you as a person of prayer. And actually, I don't really have issues with Jesus. But I just didn't know that it meant so much to you. And I start seeing the realness of God in your life, through your life. I start seeing this God that you before was only quoting about, only when you sign up forms that you take as a Christian. But now I start seeing that transformation. I start seeing you change the way you talk. I start seeing you change the way you live and the way you act. And, and that's really inspiring for me. And you're causing me to be inspired to want to know Jesus more. Now, I'm saying this as, as a way to salvage a relationship. I'm not, I'm not by all means, turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Dave is not asking you to flirt to convert. Do it, do it, please. I need it on record, okay? <laughs> Pastor Dave is not so because there are some people who think that oh, I really like no, that person really needs to become a Christian. So I will date the person, use my natural beauty and charm to to wheel the person in, and then pounce Jesus on them. No, okay. You know this is about salvaging a misstep. So first thing is go back to that place of obedience again and allow your revived life to inspire. That's possibly one outcome. And we have seen by the grace of God that the other person comes around and gives their heart to Jesus. We've seen it happen. But, but it's really depending on the person and, and, and their desire to chase after God. But secondly, it could also cause, uh, and we don't like to use this word because it sounds negative, but it can also cause a natural breakup to happen. Uh, because again, the scripture says, what is there between light and darkness? And maybe before this, you, you didn't know. And, and now suddenly you go like, you know what? I don't want to live for God. Purity is important for me. And then, and then this other person's true color will show. And this other person will go like, come on, baby. No, no, I'm not comfortable with you touching like this. I say, hey, what's this, man? You know, we, we used to mess around and you, you had no issues with it. No, what's the big deal? And then you suddenly go like, whoa, this person's true nature just got revealed. This person really just looks at me as a piece of meat. And I'm more than a piece of meat because I'm a child of God. And so as you become more on fire for God, uh, the true character of yourself and the other person will be revealed. And God will make it easy. Uh, it will become easier and easier uh, for a resolution to be met. Yeah? And so, but more than anything else, don't just look to your pastors for direction. Look to God. And because your journey could be different, I don't know how that relationship is like. And maybe the Holy Spirit is just asking you to be obedient and there's different calls to obedience. Maybe your call to obedience is just do the right thing and you need to separate. And then I pray that you will be obedient to God and what He asks of you. Amen? You know, if you, if you are, I hope that I'm not offending anyone, but if you have anything that you need to clarify, please come and talk to me after service. I'm really friendly. And... Uh, <laughs> 
Let's look at, because of time, maybe, should we be actively seeking a partner? Upvote number 11. Uh, okay, very quickly. Should we be actively seeking for a partner or waiting for God to bring someone? Uh, if, oh, sorry, is there even an upper vote? Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that last. Uh, um, so, should we, we'll answer this and then we'll, we'll go back to that. Should we be actively seeking for a partner or waiting for God to bring someone? I think it's both, depending we, on a practical note, again, vision, uh, we encourage people uh, to... And of course, today we had people who dating when they are working and you have people who have been dating since they were students. Uh, and uh, I can guarantee you can come and talk to Gareth and Karin after that. A long distance wasn't easy. Uh, but by the grace of God, they made it work and God made it work. And so we always encourage people that try to actively seek, actively seek uh, when you are ready. Don't actually seek out of desperation. And what I mean when you're ready, it's different for people. Some people from their ready is this, uh, I only feel really ready when I know, uh, when I see stability in my life. And stability could be a fixed job. Uh, it could be, you know, knowing where you'll be based. Because for some of us here, we're studying in the UK and if I were to ask you, what's your plan next year? You're not able to tell me anything. You know, if I were to ask you about, you know, what's your plan, you know, uh, in five years' time, you'd be like, Pastor, in five weeks' time, I don't even know what, what I'll be doing. You know, so don't ask me. So there's, it's a period of instability. You're still praying. I, I feel like I should be here, but then again, I'm not sure. I'm still praying about it. I might, might want to go home. Actually, we're from two different nations. So, so, you know, we don't even know where we're going to settle down. There's a lot of instability. There are a lot of things that don't cause each of you to feel like you're fully ready to commit because the relationship is also work. And so I would say actively seek when you feel that you're ready. Ready yourself in prayer, ready yourself in faith, ready yourself in identity, you know, and don't do anything out of desperation. Don't rush into anything. And so uh, the other thing is this, or should I be waiting for God to bring someone? Always be trusting that God will bring someone. You know, God is good and He knows our needs and He will always bring the right fit. And, you know, we heard from couples, you know, some immediately knew that they liked each other. Some will say, yeah, the first time I saw and I wasn't attracted. You know, and, and that's more common than you think because me and Pastor Cat, the first time you asked Pastor Cat, do you, you know, was it a suave person who walked in? No. You know, it was some, you know, some random dude and, and she was probably, in fact, okay, and I'll share this and now I'll, I'll go to the last question. Uh, Pastor Cat cried when she realized in her heart of hearts that she was having feelings for me. Not tears of joy. Not tears of joy. Tears of sadness. Tears of mourning. When she goes like, oh my word, I'm falling. And tears of like, oh my word. Like God, what did you... And yet here we are. So God knows. Okay. Actively seek when you're confident and ready in God, but always trust that God will bring the right person. Last question, we will link to the way I end today's message. Let's go up. It says here, in a relationship, where is the limit when showing affection? Hmm. Well, you heard this say in church many times before, always leave room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but as much as we say that, it's really not a joke. I want you to look at the word, turn to your neighbor and says limit, and turn to your other neighbor and says legacy. I want us 
to focus on legacy. We just want to look at the limit. Where's the line? Where's the line? Where's the line? I want you to look at the right L word, which is legacy. You see, the person you're dating, if you're going to date someone before you get married, that person is someone's son, someone's daughter. How many of you hope to start a family one day? Can see a raise of hands. Hope to start. Hope to start. Doesn't matter whether you're with someone or not. You hope to start. You see yourself having kids and then running around. There's noise in the house and all that. Amen. Right? Now, don't you think you'll be so protective of your daughter? Right? Guys especially. Right? All the guys who one day want to have their own beautiful... And every man will go like, my daughter will always be beautiful and smart. And, <laughs> and, and you want the best. The best. A man's man for your daughter who will honour her, who will cherish her, who will respect her. And so if that's your vision, if that's the legacy you want for your child, why don't you apply that right now? You know, your, you know, your, your mom one day and you're going to have a son and you know, all, all moms have a special spot in their heart for sons and you want the son to marry a good wife and, and, and so, you know, and, but you got to think to yourself like, huh, like, you know, if, if I want my son to have the best, I, I want to I I raise up, you know, sons are important. I, and then you're dating someone else's son. So you got to think further, think legacy. You know, don't, even the way you date and how you date, think legacy. Even if somehow the relationship doesn't work out, I want you to have a good legacy that when you bump into each other in 10 years' time, and now you're with somebody else, married with kids running around, and you bump into each other in the shopping mall, you won't be averting your eyes because you realise, oh, wow, we did some nasty stuff. I hope we deleted all the photos and files. Instead, you can look each other in the eye and go, oh, oh, hi. A little bit awkward, but there's no tinge of sadness. Oh, hi, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, 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 used, we used to, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, and, 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 but you can walk away going like, oh, wow, that... That's unique. <laughs> and not feel like, man, oh, I really, really messed that one up. Oh, I can't look at the few, the, my ex-girlfriend's husband in the eye because, oh, man, I took something that, that, that didn't belong to me or, or vice versa. You can't look at the other person and go like, oh, wow, I really messed up that, didn't I? Legacy. You know, before you go like, oh, how far is too far? Legacy. Yeah. How do you want people to treat your future daughters and sons? Legacy. How do you want your future? What kind of story do you want to tell your children? Do you want to say that, well, mommy and daddy had 10 previous relationships, two previous marriages, and, but we're so glad we found each other. That's a bad legacy. That's a pattern, not a legacy. That's a pattern of inconsistency. Uh, but you got to go like, man, what kind of love story? You know, some of us, we come from such traditional backgrounds that our parents don't even have a love story to tell us. Mom, dad, how do you meet? Oh, uh, just met. Legacy. Don't you want to tell your, your future kids and go like, you know, oh, this is how we met and, and it was, you know, so pure, it was so funny, it was so romantic. Come on, think legacy. Yeah. You want to add on something? Yeah, I think add on to legacy. Like just now when uh, you heard the different couples, you heard Gareth and Corrine and uh, David and Zing and all was like, hey, how you guys met? And you love hearing the stories. Yeah. But imagine the stories that you can tell your children. Yeah. You know, imagine that, 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 that kind of, you know, that kind of legacy that you will be passing on, yeah. um, you know, yeah. Yeah, and not just to the next generation, but God can use you as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people come up to us and always ask us, so how do you and Pastor Cat meet? 
and I'm so glad uh, some dingy, well, I didn't say like, uh, some dingy nightclub, you know. <laughs> no, we were able to say, oh, we prayed for each other. You know, we were friends and we had all these funny stories and, and we were together, we were serving the Lord together. And, and, and in a world full of broken relationships, in a world full of pain and hurt, uh, you're able to use your story, your testimony to shine a bit more light, to give a little bit more direction and inspiration to people around you. Isn't that better? Yeah. Let's turn to one scripture as we end today. Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3. This is the Word of God on legacy. And this is also the crux of what we're doing today. Why do you think we dedicated one Sunday just to talk about relationships? Because relationships represent the next generation. Relationships can either bless us for life or scar us for life. And, and, and maybe some of us here, we've, we've gone, we came out from some painful relationships that took us years to heal. And maybe we're still healing. So you know how, how scary and how much, you know, uh, scars or, you know, can, can relationships can, can produce. But I pray that it won't be scars, but stars for us. Uh, so, legacy. In Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man and woman who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. His or her descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house or her house, and his or her righteousness endures forever. God is trying to say that, Certain decisions you make in this lifetime echo into eternity. Certain decisions that you make today will bless the next generation. Your children, your children's children, the type of family they will grow up in, the type of legacy they will have. And so I encourage you, you know, in making this important thing called praying for someone, being in a relationship, I really pray that you would seek God first and you will make room on top of all the things you learn today, on top of all the wisdom you glean from the other couples, you will make room for faith, for vision, for identity, and if I can throw in a bonus, fourth point, legacy. Amen? Let's be a generation that would do our part to reduce divorce, not increase divorce. Let's be a generation that would rise up to reduce single parents and not produce more single parents. Let's be a generation that will rise up and produce more beautiful, wholesome love stories and not slash relationships into a cheap statistic. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. It is powerful. It is living. It is a double-edged sword that does so much more than produce spiritual guidance. It also guides our path in all life decisions. Truly, your word says you come to give life and life to the full. And I pray that we will take back your word and the wisdom, the spiritual wisdom we've learned from each other and help us to apply it, Lord, in our lives right now for the single people. I pray for all the single people in church. I pray that God will bless you and guide you to uh, the best life partner that God has in store for you. And it will be a relationship that is worth celebrating, love, uh, worth uh, sharing a legacy about. I pray for everyone who's in a relationship. I pray for strength in that relationship. I pray for more godliness and more holiness and more revival in that relationship. We pray for every marriage represented in Acts Church here. I pray for just your blessing and your protection over every marriage. Cause it to prosper. Cause it to bloom. Cause it to be a lighthouse shining in the darkness, inspiring people and and and. and 
and just helping uh, uh, to bless people and help to uh, inspire the next generation to also want similar love stories for their lives. God, help us, God, to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. Help us also, Lord, for some of us, this advice that we learned today could be good to encourage and to advise our friends because maybe in the coming weeks and months, people will be talking to us about relationships and now we have some godly principles to guide them. God, use us and use everyone here as your mouthpiece. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.